Welcome, everybody, to the show. My name is Eric Wright. This is the Disco Posse podcast, where we are bringing on a return guest, somebody who I really enjoyed having a conversation with the first time, which is why I was honored to be able to help Michelle Seiler Tucker. We talked about her book, Exit Rich, that she co-authored. It's an amazing book. I've read it. We talk about the 6P framework in her original episode, so go on, make sure you check out her original show. But to top this off, we're talking today about lessons learned since the release of the book and an amazing announcement that the audiobook is now available. So you can follow the links below, get the audiobook, because right now it's on sale for $2.99. This is a really, really amazing deal. Literally, like less than a cup of coffee. Why in goodness name would you not get this book? It's well read. I love the, the folks that they had that actually did the reading and just the content of the book is fantastic. So Michelle Siler Tucker, thank you very much for letting me be a part of, of helping with the uh, amplification for the launch. And this is why, you know, great people support great things and I love supporting Michelle and, and all the work that she's done. Speaking of support, of course, I want to give a shout out to the folks that support this podcast that make it happen. If you have data anywhere in your world, which you do, I know you do, especially any of the systems you've got in your organization, you need to make sure that you protect your data, protect your business, protect yourself, protect everything. So everything you need for your data protection needs can be shopped out by the fine folks over at Veeam Software. It's also Veeam On coming up next week if you're listening live and, and this is a really great time. Everybody's going back in person. So go head on over to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. You can see all that they've got to offer. I recommend it. I'm a user of the platform myself. Very, very cool. And also, we are super proud to continue to grow our partnership with the friends over at The Shift Group. So JR at The Shift Group, if you caught his episode, which you absolutely should, this week's episode is brought to you by the team at Shift Group. They are turning athletes into sales professionals. So if your company's looking to hire driven and competitive former athletes, or considering how do you architect a go-to-market that can scale efficiently and effectively, the Shift Group's not only offering a huge pool of really cool, diverse sales candidates from entry-level to leadership, but they're helping early-stage startups to develop a hiring strategy, the whole interview process, and really building sales culture that's going to scale with you and build high-talent, early-stage companies. So head on over to shiftgroup.io and you can check it out. All right, with that, this is Michelle Seiler-Tucker. Get yourself the book. Click the link. Seriously, leave right now. Pause. Go over and, and download the book. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. All right, Michelle Seiler Tucker, thank you very much. This is a rare treat to have somebody come back. Uh, I don't often get the chance to spend more time, especially with somebody as amazing as you, because I know you are busy in day to day. Plus, we're here for a special occasion right now. We talked in the past about Exit Rich. We talked in the past about your entire story, your business, your own way of, of helping people to get to, you know, success, both, you know, personal and professional. But we're here today because we've got something new in the exit rich world. So Michelle, if you want to reintroduce yourself to folks that are brand new to you, and we're going to talk about the new launch of the audiobook and everything wrapped around it. 
Absolutely. Well, thanks of all, Eric. Thank you for having me back on. I appreciate it. And um, so I am Michelle Sadler-Tucker. I was on your show, I think it was six months ago. Anyway, I'm Michelle Sadler-Tucker, Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary, Senior Business Analyst, Certified Mergers and Acquisitions Professional, and a bunch of other acronyms behind my name. I've been in this industry a little over 20 years. I think what really makes me unique in, in M&A is that I own other companies. So I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always sat on the other side of the desk. I've always had to be the one to make sure I meet payroll, <laughs> pay the bills, et cetera. You know, so a lot of M&A advisors, brokers have not necessarily owned businesses before. And I think that helps me to be able to relate with my clients and really be empathetic and understand what they're going through. So at any given time, I own several different companies. I'm also building to sell. Like I said, I've been in this industry for a little over 20 years. I personally have sold over 500 companies. My firm has sold probably even more than that. And we really specialize in not just selling companies, Eric, but we specialize in buying companies, selling businesses, helping buyers, you know, buy the business of their dreams. We specialize in fixing and growing a business because Steve Forbes, who endorsed Exit Rich, says 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. 80 percent i mean wow. that's you know that should be a big wake-up call for business owners because that means you have less than a 20 percent chance of success when you go to sell your company and so what i learned a long time ago is if i don't get in and roll up my sleeves and help fix these companies help you know position them and help them build their infrastructure on what we talked about last time which are the six p's then their business is not going to sell so like i said we don't just specialize in selling, we specialize in fixing these businesses, growing these businesses, so the owner really has a sustainable business that's scalable and when they're ready, sellable. When this is very important too, Michelle, we often forget about the numbers. And in fact, you are one of the, the my most quotable episodes because we, in the industry, we are constantly thrust with this number where people say like 99% of startups fail. And I continue to go back to remind them, watch the episode with Michelle Seiler Tucker, where she talks about how that's actually inverted, right? The upside down numbers that we get from the SBA. And now that 80% that you and Steve talk about there of businesses that are sitting unsold, that oh. is an interesting stat. But if you don't mind, let's recap on sort of the, the failure in this metric that we talk about that small businesses are failing. Yeah, so, you know, small businesses are failing and, you know, to go back over those matrix, I was actually quite shocked myself because when I wrote my very first book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth in 2013, I did the research back then and learned that, you know, 90, 95% of businesses were going out of business. Those were startups. So that is true. However, what's changed so dramatically is when I did the research for Exit Rich in 2019 and 2020, I learned that the business landscape has really flip-flopped. So now it's not startups at great risk anymore. Startups only have less than a 30% chance of going out of business, a 30%. So they have a 70% success rate. But what's so mind-boggling is when you look at America and you look at what you know, the economy is really built on, there's 30.2 million businesses in the United States employing over half the U.S. workforce, over half the U.S. workforce. Think about that. 
Wow. So small business is really supporting the economy, the American economy. If we lose small business, we lose jobs. What happens when you lose jobs? You lose spending power. And then what happens? It's a trickle down effect. We stop going to restaurants. We start, you know, stop buying ice cream. We start, stop doing us, you know, spending discretionary money because we don't have it anymore. So now you have a trickle down effect where more businesses will close. So 30.2 million businesses. Now out of 27.6 million companies in the United States, those businesses that have been in business for 10 years or longer, 70% of those companies are going out of business. 70%. So see how it flip-flops. Wow. Yeah. So now startups have a 70% success rate. Whereas startups have a, I mean, existing businesses have a 70% failure rate. Pretty scary. And you hear about the big companies all the time in the media, like the media will talk about public companies, Toys R Us in business 75 years goes out of business. You know, Montgomery Ward, Sears, JCPenney's, um, Pier One. I love Pier One. Right. You know, Crate and Barrel, a recent one as well. Lord and Taylor, lots of the, the big retail players. Yeah, but, but the media doesn't talk about the private companies. They only talk about the public businesses. On the private side, you got businesses on every street corner in every city and every street across our great nation, these businesses are dropping like flies. They're selling for pennies. They're exiting poor, not rich. They're selling for pennies on the dollar, closing their companies, or even worse, filing bankruptcy. And so it's really, it's really scary. And by the way, Eric, that was before the pandemic. Wow. I yeah, hate to right. see the numbers now, <laughs> but that was before the pandemic. So and I always say the number one reason for that, why it's kind of flip-flopped, is because startups are really a different breed now. It used to be the dreamer mentality. You know, um, people would leave their corporate jobs and say, oh, I always wanted to own a coffee shop. Or I always wanted to own a restaurant or a clothing store. But they don't have the business experience. They're probably not really an entrepreneur. You know, they're really probably not an entrepreneur. And... They have that, that build it and they will come mentality, like build a dream. Remember the movie, build a dream, build it and they will come. Yeah. <laughs> and so now those startups, and so a lot of those startups go out of business because of brick and mortar, plus the business owner is not really an entrepreneur. They didn't do their due diligence. They didn't study in, in the area around demographics. And most of, most businesses fail, you know, in those first one to five years because they simply run out of money. They run out of working capital. The startups now are younger generations and they're forward thinkers. You know, they're problem, uh, problem solvers. They're solution oriented. So they're not just building another coffee shop. We don't need another coffee shop or another restaurant. <laughs> so they're looking around and saying, well, what's the problem? What's the solution? How can I, how can I fix this problem, right? And so you have a lot more tech businesses. Uh, you have a lot more e-commerce businesses. You have a lot more businesses that are started by, like I said, newer generations. But also, you know, people got laid off from their job during this pandemic. And a lot of people are going, wait, what can I do as, you know, to start my own business and really make a difference in the world? Uh, now, on the flip side of that, for existing businesses, existing businesses are going out of business because of what I call lack of aim. AIM is always market and innovate, always AIM, A-I-M, always innovate and market, always innovate and market. So business owners become complacent. You know that. 
I mean, look at Toys R Us. They didn't do anything different in 75 years. Look at Blockbuster. Blockbuster had the the opportunity to to pick up Netflix, to buy Netflix. They sat back, did nothing, and are out of business. So business owners become complacent. They also, you know, really, they're in love with their original baby, with their original concept, their original idea, and they don't like change. And, And that's a big problem because you're either growing or dying. There is no in between. Which is why I always tell business owners, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so that's the big reason that so many business owners are going out of business because they stop innovating. Here's the bottom line. The marketplace has changed dramatically. The way consumers purchase products and services is completely different than the way they used to place buy them. And you can thank Amazon for that. You can thank this pandemic for that. But you really got to innovate and you really got to look at your industry and you got to ask your client, what do you, what do you want? What do you, what do you want to experience when you do business with us? What can we do to make your experience more pleasant? What can we do to make it easier for you to do business with us? And you got to innovate. You're either innovating or like I said, you're dying. It is interesting that when we look at especially the historical changes and then the tightening up of that type of change. I mean, the pandemic obviously reshaped everything and it made a huge opportunity for a lot of businesses. And look, there are small environmental changes that can ravage a business. I remember I lived in Vancouver, British Columbia at the time when the Olympics were coming. And so they said, well, we're going to build a, a an under, we're going to build a subway from the airport to the, to the city to make it easier for the Olympics. So it seems like a fantastic idea to build the economy. What do they do? They tunneled underneath the main roads. And in order to do so, of course, you block off the road because you can't be driving while they're tunneling. Well, that took 14 months and literally destroyed every business on that road because they were all traditional, like little tiny restaurants with local businesses and no parking other than the two spots in front. And they couldn't survive. Yeah. And it like, and I think to myself, like, good golly, you know, like, so like in that kind of a snap, that stuff can occur, you know, over, I say, you know, snap, a snap decision that has a, had a 20, you know, 40 month effect, whatever, like over, it took a few years for it to really finally play out. But their ability, inability to go into a new area of the market, to attend to a, you know, a new customer, to figure out a way to get out of that that thing, that single event ultimately wiped out. And we see that often, right? And it's not just whether it's going towards exit ultimately, but just going towards sustainability, yeah. right? There, If a single market change can f- fundamentally affect, you taught me this lesson and I hold it to, I, it's in my heart every day. And I, I think this, cause I, we talked about this idea of solopreneurs and the risk that people think that they're in business when they're a solopreneur. And you taught me these words. If you stop working and the business stops working, you are not in business. You have a glorified job that you go to work right. at versus a business that works for you. And it is, it reminded me and, and everything I do, I have that in the, my mind. I'm like, what would Michelle tell me to do to automate this, make it repeatable, make it scalable, offload it out, whatever I can do, not just outsource. Also, another lesson you taught me. Just outsourcing it, putting it on Upwork or Fiverr is not actually running a business because you're not building a team. You're not building a scalable system. These lessons stuck, Michelle, and I, I thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Glad I can make a difference. 
So let's talk about the book because not only did I enjoy it thoroughly and I've read it and it's marked up and highlighted and bookmarked all over the place, but I'm not the only consumer. Lots of folks taking this in. Let's talk about how the book's been doing. Yeah, the book has been doing great. You know, I think I was on your show in January and, you know, look, like you said, you know, something can happen and completely stop us dead in our tracks. Yeah. And I actually wrote Exo Rich in 2019 and we were supposed to publish in 2020. And then this pandemic happened. So we ended up publishing June of 2021. And I was on your show, I believe, in January. So the book did really, really great. Um, it's a Wall Street Journal's bestseller. It's a New York, uh, not New York Times yet, <laughs> but it will be. We'll get it there. We'll get it there. <laughs> it's a Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller. And it's in the Hudson bookstores and 99 different Hudson bookstores all around the United States. Um, we're getting, you know, growing recommendations. What I really love and, and, you know, what I guess really inspires me to continue to write is, and continue to educate is when I get letters from entrepreneurs that have been in business for decades. And, you know, we had a media company that emailed us and said, look, Michelle, your, your book changed my life. That's what's changed my life. I've been in business 20 years. I thought I was doing everything right. I read your book and realized I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> he says, <laughs> you know, I basically took your book step-by-step, step, broke it out to different divisions in my company and told them, follow this book to a T, follow everything that she says. And he says, it's really changing his business dramatically. It's going to come to us, you know, in about two to three years to sell. And then we had another uh, owner and uh, entrepreneur in, in Texas. It's a pharmaceutical company. And he actually bought the book before the book even launched. So we emailed him the digital version. He printed it out in ledger paper <laughs> and highlighted everything, gave it to different, you know, teams, uh, his teams, and said, listen, do everything she says on the people, on the product, on the processes, on the proprietary. And he came to me to sell his business and we're going to be selling it for the $25 to $50 million range. And so I love getting those letters. I love getting those calls because it means I'm making a difference, you know, and that's what inspires me. That's where my true passion is, is to really help entrepreneurs, really help business owners be able to save that business and be able to not become a statistic of the 80% of businesses that don't sell, but become, you know, in a 20% to where you can sell from premium for maximum value and exit rich, you know, and that's, I, that's really what my passion is. It, it, it breaks my heart when I see baby boomers that put their soul, their heart, their energy, make huge sacrifices along the way. These baby boomers are exiting poor. Many of them are losing not just their business assets, but losing their family assets too, right. because they take out a mortgage against their family home. And that breaks my heart. You know, I really want entrepreneurs to be able to uh, really retire for their desired sales price and, and exit rich so they can finally, finally sit back and enjoy the fruits of their labor. Because as entrepreneurs, we make huge sacrifices. You know, we go into this saying, we're going to have better quality of life. We're going to have more time. We have more money. Well, guess what? <laughs> we don't always have that, right? Now, I talked to a business owner who's been in business for 60 years. He said, Michelle, I miss every one of my kids' soccer games. I miss my girls' plays. I miss pretty much everything in life. Life just passed me by while I was working in my business, while I was working in my job. Yeah. Versus my business working for me. 
I, I still remember years ago working in retail and there was a fellow who had a restaurant inside a mall. So in Toronto, Ontario, I, live, I was living in Canada at the time, very busy mall and millions of people come through here in traffic every day because it's not a subway stop and there's lots of office towers nearby. And so he had a, it was like a falafel you know, restaurant in the food court and he was doing an incredible amount of business but it wasn't enough that he had real margins. And mm -hmm. what ended up happening was he ended up at, after a few years of working there, selling the business to go back to work for a restaurant. Yeah. Because in the end, his direct money he was making to take home to his family was less than he could make in an hourly rate, but he was working open to close every day. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's sad. Yeah. Those stories are prevalent, you know? And, and it's very sad. So it's, it's always been my mission to really help entrepreneurs, you know, build a business, not a job, <laughs> and really build people. Because you don't build a business, you build people, and people build a business. Well, and it really goes to, that's why I really enjoyed the book, not just in the processes and lessons that it teaches, which are real tangible things you can do that work. I know this. I literally am living the experiences of doing it. So I'm not... I, like I said, I choose my guests and it was a blessing to know that I was going to get to spend time with you to thank you for this, Michelle, because on top of that, there's additional stuff that comes from the book you're able to get in. You've got lots of online community. You've got great folks that I can that you can get connected with and learn lessons beyond what's written in the book. But now let's talk about what's coming up, because not only is the book printing and doing well on that side, but you've got an audiobook coming out as well. We do. And, and the main reason for that is because everybody's been going, asking me, Michelle, I have the printed version, but I want the audio so I can listen, you know, during my commute to and from my company or wherever they're traveling. So we did come out with the audio version, just a little bit more on Exit Rich. The Exit Rich, again, is endorsed by Steve Forbes. My co-author is Sean Lexer, who wrote Rich Jeff Ford with Robert Kiyosaki. Kevin Harrington is my, is my, wrote the foreword. And Kevin Harrington was the original shop on Shark Tank in the United States. I think in Canada, y'all have Lions, Lions Den, I think it's called. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so Exit Rich, I just want to be crystal clear. Exit Rich is not just about selling your business because in most cases, you don't have a business to sell. <laughs> Exit Rich is all about, number one, figuring out what do you want? What do you want? What is your end game? You know, like Steve, Stephen Covey always says, start with the end in mind. So Exit Rich is all about planning your GPS exit model, planning your exit from the beginning, and really determining what is your destination. You know, what do you want to sell your business for? You can't wake up one day and say, I want to sell my business for $20 million when you haven't grown a $20 million company. So you really have to plan it in the beginning and say, I want to sell for $20 million. And then you have to build that $20 million company. You need to know who are the buyers. What's their buying criteria? Where do your numbers need to land? So you need to know all of that. And you also have to go through what I call the seller sanity check to really check yourself to see what's the most important things to you. Is it what you walk away with? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Is it making sure your employees are taken care of? Is it making sure that your clients are in good hands? Is it making sure that the new owner is going to grow your legacy? You know, so you really have to go through that seller sanity check. And then the most important, one of the most important lessons of Exit Rich is to build that solid infrastructure because it's that infrastructure of the people 
the product, the processes, right. the proprietary assets, the patrons, diverse client base, the profits, those six P's is what will maximize value. Those six P's is what will take you from a three multiple to five to six to eight to 10. And then, you know, then it's all about how do you package your business for sale? And then, so the first half is getting it ready to actually build a sustainable, scalable business. The second half is all about selling your business. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's almost two books in one. And so um, we all come out with the audio version in May. Go get it today. You can go get it right now. Yeah, you can get it at Apple, I believe. It's at Apple, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. So Kobo, Barnes & Noble, and Apple. $2, and I believe it's 99 cents, $2.99, which is less than a cup of coffee, less than a quarter pound of cheese meal at, at McDonald's. So for $2.99, you can get the audio book. After May, it's going to go back to its original price, which is going to be $24 and, and I think 95 cents. Right. And so with that $2.99, you also become what Eric was talking about, an Exit Rich Club member. So you get access to documents, documents to operate your business, like sample employee handbooks, non-competes, policy and procedure manuals, to sell your business, sample prospectuses, what they should look like, sample letters of intent, due diligence checklist, closing documents, all the stuff that you need to operate your company and sell your business are there for your download and your use. And guess what, Eric? These documents cost me over $50,000 to create, and you can get them for the $2.99. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So it's amazing value. And go out and get your copy today. Again, that was Barnes & Noble, Apple, or Kobo. And you, it will be worth every single penny. I know Eric's read the book, so he can attest to that. I, I stand a hundred percent behind it. I, I bought it for full price. It's funny. I think even your production crew were like, Hey, let us know you can get a, if you need a copy of the book, I said, Oh, too late. I, I knew I could ask, but I also knew I was willing to pay for it. You know? So I wanted to make sure people know that this, me endorsing this book is a hundred percent because I believe in, in the book. And like I said, I'm using it in lessons that I'm doing to build things that you know, not even looking at a near-term exit right now, but to to build sustainable processes and a sustainable business, because that's just healthy for me, right? I know what my intent is in in growing what I do, and and like you said, it's you set that. What is your expectation? What is that your goal? And then how do we build processes to to make that business achieve that goal? So it's, uh, I can tell you on that side of the lesson, I haven't gotten to the exit yet, but like I said, we'll talk in a couple of years when I'm, when I'm a Michelle Seiler Tucker, uh, you know, you're selling my business that uh, we'll, uh, we'll do business together that way too. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think you just hit the nail on the head too, Eric, because you might say, well, I never want to sell my business. That's okay. First of all, never say never. Number one, because you never know what life has in store for us. And number two, even if you don't sell your business, at least you're building a valuable asset. At least you're building a sustainable business that can run without you. So you truly do have financial freedom. So you truly do have better quality of life. And you're you know, in charge of your own destiny. And you're building a business that you can scale. And if the situation ever occurs that you do have to sell, you'll have a valuable asset. You know, I get calls all the time, Eric, from, you know, spouses where they say, oh, like a lady called me from Dallas, 
her husband dropped dead of a heart attack at the age of 45, left her with a pile of debt and asked me if I could sell her business. Well, guess what? He didn't have a business. He had a job. Right. He, was, he had a construction company. He didn't have any employees. He had all subcontractors. He didn't have any process processes, no policy and procedure manuals. Everything was in his head. So when the business owner died, he died. So the most important thing here is set your family up for success. We never know what's in store for us. So we want to make sure that we're taking our most valuable asset, which is our business. And we want to make sure we're setting that up for success. So if anything does happen, God forbid, our family will be taken care of. Yeah. And, and even as a, as a successful transfer where, you know, why wouldn't somebody want to pass it on to their kids and give that option, right? That, that is, people often, often just think exit means sale, but exit yeah. is, you know, bringing the business to a new stage, you know, and you yourself are exiting, but it's only good if you can pass that on to somebody else and they can continue to grow it and know how to operate it. So it's yeah. uh yeah, definitely feel and two ninety nine. Good. This it's a crime not to get this. This is <laughs> you, there is nothing that is worth more than the time you invest in reading this this book for sure. So I, I know I will be a, an early listener and a repeat listener because you know it. It's definitely it's also not a like a, a read and walk away situation. It 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 does play out like a manual that you want to revisit and recheck. And uh, so it's it's well very well written in, in that way. You and and Sharon worked together and, and created a great great book. Well, and that's why that's why we came out with the audio version. Like I said in the beginning, so many um, of our readers are saying, "Look, do you also have the audio version?" Because we want to listen in the car, not just read it. So you know, go out there and, and, and get both. But if you don't get anything, get the audio version. <laughs> Make yeah. sure you get that audio version. And um, You'll love it. It also comes with all the supplements. So like all the graphs and charts and, and things like that, that we have in the book, the surveys, all of that will also come with the audio version. That's always the funny thing when I talk to people and they're like, how can you listen to a business book? Because it has lots of like, they were, you know, charts and such. I'm like, well, because they come with a PDF, like you can get all those assets, which is great. Uh, now, as you know, 2022, kind of a wild time we've got inflation we've got a lot of things going on but michelle what what's the what's the positive outlook what can people look to do in a good way to embrace sort of current market conditions i mean like i've always said innovate you know take 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 a survey of your clients of your market share really survey your clients because so many business owners lose really lose that perspective they lose what, you know, what are they business in? Why are you in business? You're in business to serve your clients, right? Without right. clients, without users, whether, if you're a tech business, if you're a SaaS business, you're gonna have users. If you, have, if you don't have any users, you don't have any business, right? So really take stock of your clients, of your market share, you know, and ask for, go back to your clients. You know, a lot of times we, we think we know what we want our clients to experience, but you really need to go ask your clients. You know, McDonald's did this back in 1940s, when they created the fast food McDonald's chain and they created the fast food system, they asked the employee, they asked clients because they did surveys and they asked themselves, what do we want our clients to experience? Three things. We want them to get, you know, hot food that's great tasting, 30 seconds or less. Come up with the three things that you want your clients to experience, but really look at the markets. Look at, look at what's happening. You know, 
make sure that you, you research and don't just learn from your industry, but learn from other industries as well. Look at some of the leaders and what they're doing. Like look at Amazon. I mean, Amazon is a great company to learn from. So is Disney. So is the Ritz-Carlton. There's so many different, so is Apple. So many different companies to really learn from because you can take some of the things that they're doing and adapt it to your industry. But innovation is, is the name of survival. Innovation is survival right now. You know, with inflation and everything else and, you know, the, the cost of, of just doing business and retaining employees and everything, you just got to get really creative. You got to throw the box away. You got to do things different than you've ever done it before. And if you, if you can't really see clearly because you're so in it, and sometimes we're so, we're in our fog, it's foggy. <laughs> sometimes you're so close to it, you really can't see it. Like I always say, it's hard to read the label. It's hard to read a label from the inside of the bottle. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning signs to keep you out of the danger zone. So if you can't really see what you need to do differently and innovate, get a mentor, you know? Get somebody who's been down the road you, you want to travel. Learn from other people's mistakes. You don't have to learn from your own all the time. You know, get somebody out there to see something that you, you can't see yourself. I mean, that's what I'm really good at. I'm really good at looking at other businesses and asking the question, what business are you in? What's your superpower? What business should you be in? You know, and those are very important questions to ask ourselves right now. Amazon did that back in, in the 80s. You know, they asked themselves, what business are we in? We're in the book fulfillment business. What are we, what's our superpower? Fulfillment. What business should we be in? Fulfillment for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds simple, but it's true, right? Same thing with McDonald's. What business are we in? You know, everybody says they're in the restaurant business. No, they're not. They're in the real estate business. McDonald's right. got huge because of Ray Kroc starting McDonald's corporate realty, gave them leverage over the McDonald's brothers. It is the reason why McDonald's is the largest real estate holding company in the world. But guess what? Ray Kroc didn't come up with that on his own. As an outsider, go watch the movie The Founder. That was an outsider listening in on Ray's conversation when he was trying to borrow more money after being over leveraged. You know, so a lot of times... It takes an outsider's perspective to help us see things, you know, more clearly and help us really be able to innovate. But you can't do the things the way you've always done them. The world is changing so quickly. Buyers, consumer, uh, consumers buying habits has changed dramatically. Number one, because of Amazon. Number two, because of this pandemic, you know. And you really got to look at all that and eyes wide open, you know. And don't do business the same way you've always been doing it because you're going to lose market share and get end up going out of business. Yeah. And it's, if anything, like you said, it's the lessons are out there to be had and, and founders, builders, you know, operators there, they love to share lessons because it's as important for them to talk through what they're doing. It actually is a great validation. It's the it, I forget what the the process is. It's about something like see, say, do, teach. That's the way that they do medical school, right? You you watch it, so you learn about it, then you explain what it is. Because by having to explain it, you're rationalizing it while you're explaining it. Then you do it, and then yeah. you teach it. And that's that cycle flow. There are lots of people who are at that teach phase. It's a, if you're a gamer, it's like a cheat code for business. Like, why would you just wait to turn a hard lesson on yourself when you can find somebody else that maybe has already had that lesson learned and, and, and impart right. that on them? So, right. But, but 
before you, you get that mince bar, you, we are going to make mistakes, you know, along the way. I was just talking to a roofing company and they've done really well in three years. Victor Ibera is earnings for franchise taxes depreciation is around two to three million in three years is pretty good. And they're like, Michelle, we made every stake in the book. <laughs> we made it. And I said, did you get a mentor? And they said, nope, I wish we would have <laughs> three years ago. They said, but we learned, we fell forward. We keep, we keep failing forward. We keep learning from our mistakes. And you know what? If you don't quit, you didn't fail. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, they, but they were, they were cracking me up because they're like, look, nobody can make as many mistakes as we have made. <laughs> And you know what they also did is they didn't just learn from their industry, their roofers. They went and learned from the plumbing trade, from the electrical trade, from the HVAC trade, from you know all other different service trades instead of just learning from their own industry. And then right. they figured it out. And then they became marketing geniuses. They really blew up their business in pretty much a year and a half. So half of the time, they made all the mistakes. <laughs> Second half, they go on their business exponentially. But go out there and get that mentor. And that's what I'm talking to them about. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell your company, but then I want you to go help others. I want you to go help others, you know, forward and, and ha have them learn from the mistakes that you've made in the past. So they're not having to make the same mistakes. I mean, we can all learn from each other. And we can all help each other better ourselves. That's it. And it's uh, like you said, it's the, it's how you react to it that will change the the outcome right there are, there are lots of mistakes that are made and there are lessons learned from them and it's what you do beyond it you know there's a great i think it's like an instagram sort of meme a video and there's this guy just you know sort of talking in the back almost like a preacher and he says practice 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 like he's talking to a crowd he goes practice makes what and you hear the whole crowd go perfect he goes absolutely not get that mindset out of your brain he says practice makes better better means more practice like <laughs> that's really how, how we have to think like you do it and you will make mistakes and you will survive them yeah. and you will learn from them hopefully <laughs> but uh you know, i tell my daughter the same thing my daughter's in gymnastics and her her you know the, the apparatus she struggles with the most is the balance thing she's great on everything else this is her first year in competing and she hates practicing the balance beam. Like you have to practice. Practice will make you. I never say perfect. I yeah. say practice will make you better. It'll make you fall less. <laughs> yeah. It'll make you stumble less. It'll make you get a little bit higher score. You know. And I had a I had an interesting gentleman on my podcast the other day, Peter uh, Talton, who uh, was founder of Snap Fitness. He says eighty ninety percent. 10% is what happens to you. 90% is how you react to it. Oh, yeah. yeah like that, you just yeah. said, you know, 10% is what happens to you. 90% is how you react to it. Yeah, there is very much that that mindset. And, and but I mean, and that's really why mentoring is important, because even the strongest founders mind and the perseverance you got, it's you can still get stuck sometimes and you can still get you know, just get hung up or feel like you don't have an, a, a path and, and going to the community and finding folks that are, as you said, even better sometimes to leave your industry and look outside because a lot of those practices transcend the industry. And, and in fact, it's even the best things come, right? Look at how many companies, like you said, McDonald's 
they happen to you know, they happen to make burgers but i remember when mcdonald's and this is back in the 80s i think or the 90s they decided to add pizza to their menu for a very short period of time rightly so i tasted and it i remember it was, that <laughs> yeah it wasn't even worth keeping might have been a canadian thing and literally overnight mcdonald's became the largest pizza restaurant on earth because they rolled it out to every restaurant yeah. across many, multiple countries right so that scale of business meant like if they can they are in the scaling business they were in the logistics business they were like that was the thing they were doing so you can look at that lesson i don't want to go to mcdonald's to learn how to cook a burger i want to look go to mcdonald's to learn how to move people in through the restaurant experience and if and i want to learn really, and how to really create those processes and systems right. to where if you gotta you know unfortunately fire someone mcdonald's gets rid of people all the time people quit all the time mcdonald's can take that SOP checklist and have an employee train within 30 minutes and work in the drive-through or any other position in McDonald's. Yeah. So to really to really learn their systems or processes and and you know how they do things is, is just amazing. Uh, because again, it's all about it's all about those processes and it's all about you know getting the, the right people in the right seat to run those processes. And McDonald's and Burger King is, is a great example of that. There are, are many things, and and even though some people get stuck in the idea that I don't want to make a checklist out of my vision. Well, you're not. You're making a checklist out of the operations to achieve your vision. And so don't don't ever get you lost in the idea. Achieve your vision if you don't have processes in place. You will never achieve your vision. That's what happens to so many entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are visionaries. I mean, most of them are visionaries. They're not integrators. You know, entrepreneurs are like squirrel, 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 squirrel. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and then huge visionaries, but they need a good integrator. Every entrepreneur has to have a good integrator. And that's the biggest problem with, with entrepreneurs is there's more entrepreneurs by than there are integrators, really yeah. good integrators. And that's what every entrepreneur needs is that great integrator to really, you know, get their vision um and onto onto a policy procedure manual and really get their vision into implementing it well if you want to build for the right outcome then you got to think like you need to exit rich i can tell you like i said the so congratulations on the release Thank of the you. audiobook and for folks that are watching and listening get on it 299 this is absolutely i'll buy a bunch of copies drop a comment on the youtube <laughs> i will i will make sure i enrich people with this uh, and I'm a lot of my friends are getting getting a copy right now. I can tell you because this is absolutely worth it. Well, so you congratulations. Two ninety nine. You got to be out of your mind <laughs> if you don't get the audio book for two ninety nine. You must be out of your mind. <laughs> it's always amazing to me when people be like, "Well, you know, like they'll negotiate by like ten, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars on the price of a house." But then it's like two ninety nine for a book that could change the future of my business success. <sighs> like if if this is the two ninety nine you're fighting in your head over, then maybe you shouldn't be in business to start with. <laughs> it's literally giving up a cup of coffee at Starbucks. 
It absolutely <laughs> is. So Michelle, yeah, thank you. Coffee is like five bucks now. It's five bucks. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So a hundred percent ROI. I can guarantee that Michelle, thank you very much. And of course for folks, you can go to exitrichbook.com. That's where you can find it. I'll have links for everybody to get to it and uh, look forward to having you on again as we get further into the year and, and hear about how the uptake's gone and hopefully that inflation we're on the right side of inflation and the economic story. It's going to be a, an interesting year ahead for sure. Yeah, I tell you, <laughs> it is definitely going to be an interesting year. And, and Michelle, I guess I should say, just in case, any other, what is the best way for folks that they did want to get connected with you? Of course, we will have your own website also there, but uh, what's the, the best way to reach out? Yep, so they can reach out at SylerTucker.com. That's SylerTucker.com. If you want to take the 6P quiz to see how you stack up and how you rate, you can go to SylerTuckerAcademy.com to take that quiz. Follow me on social media, Michelle Siler Tucker. Um, I'm everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And then you can also listen to my podcast, Exit Rich. It is fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, I also forgot to tell people to go check out the podcast. You've got a great array of guests and it's really, really well done. So I, I appreciate the listen for sure. Thank Michelle, you. thank you very, very much. much. Thank you.